Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. It's the moment that changes everything. The day of Pentecost, when the Spirit descended like tongues of fire, resting upon the apostles, sending them forth. Pentecost is the day that changes everything. And it's kind of funny to me as I think about our graduates who are preparing to complete that journey of education, that graduation, when they turn that tassel, everything changes. Because once you've graduated, you have gone from being a student into now being a graduate. They can't take that away from you, I I hope. I don't think so. You might still become a student once again, but it doesn't change the fact that you're already a graduate. Graduation, turning that tassel, reaching that mark, changes everything. And for us, in the similar way, Pentecost makes all the difference in the world. Pentecost changes everything because it's in that moment the old became new. The empty became filled. Disciples became apostles from students to ones that were sent. The unrepentant repented. Pentecost is the moment that changes everything. I mean, Luke even struggles in having, being able to describe the entire events as they set, happened. As he writes how there's this sound like a sound of a mighty rushing wind filling the entire house. And there appeared divided tongues as a fire appeared and each tongue resting upon each one of them. These events that are taking place are so mysterious that we don't always understand what it is that is being described. And in fact, when we hear the word Pentecost, a lot of times we'll particular think of one style of worship or those in particular who are speaking in tongues. And if you have experienced being present when someone is speaking in tongues, for many of us, it's not something maybe we're accustomed to. And so we ask the same kind of questions as what are asked here in this passage of Scripture today. What does this mean? So what does Pentecost mean for us today? I think if we look through the Scripture, we can understand that for us to be at that that point, almost like a graduation where everything changes, we have got to consider what it was happening for the disciples And for those that were gathered. And first of all, when they hear that sound, what does this mean? I think first of all, it means that they had to be ready. They had to be ready. They had to first, though, wait on the Lord. If you remember, Jesus had said on the day of his ascension that they were to go to Jerusalem and to wait. And there they would receive the Comforter. They would receive the Holy Spirit. And so they had to go and they had to wait. And you know what? I'm not a person that likes to wait very often. What about you? If I find myself at a stoplight and the light turns green and the person in front of me doesn't go immediately, I don't honk my horn right away. But I put my hand on it. I'm ready. I don't like to wait. 
Waiting is hard. Waiting is such a time of uncertainty. And I can imagine for these disciples that they have been in this point of waiting. They have witnessed such amazing, incredible things. And now they have to wait. And I imagine that time of waiting was so difficult as they're gathered there in the same place. But in that waiting, I think God was preparing them for something new. Because God's timing is not our timing. God's ways are not our ways. God's will is a perfect will, and our will is not. And sometimes, like they too had to wait, sometimes we find ourselves in that uncomfortable moment of having to wait, to wait, and trusting that God is preparing us for something. It reminds me of, in my younger days, you may not be able to visualize this or believe it very much, but I used to love to surf. And when a tropical storm or a hurricane was heading up the East Coast, I would beg my mama and daddy to take me to the beach because I wanted to be one of those idiots you'd see out on the beach with that surfboard. And I loved it because that was when the waves were the biggest and it was the most fun and it was also one of the most challenging times. And sometimes those waves would get so big and you'd wipe out and get pushed down under the water so much you're being turned over that it's hard to even know which way to go. And I remember learning that it's in those moments that you have to wait. You have to wait to let the churning begin to slow down. And it's uncomfortable. But I learned I had to wait in that uncomfortable moment before the waters could settle a little more to find my way back up. You know what? You might be in one of these moments today, a moment of waiting. I'm waiting, not knowing what is to come and when it's to come. But maybe we can take a look here at these disciples who were getting ready to turn the tassel and be transformed from something, from being students to being the ones that are going out. And as they waited... I'm reminded that we too have got to be ready. We too must wait on the Lord. And when that spirit comes, when they hear that sound, that whoosh, the mighty rushing wind that comes, when the tongues of fire come resting upon them, that suddenly means that they have to take that spirit out into the world. See, God suddenly gave them this ability to speak languages that none of them had ever known before. And what glory would it give to God if they had just stayed there in that space, in that room together, just by themselves, speaking these languages that they had never spoken before? I don't know that I have ever read Acts chapter 2 without stumbling over the names of some of the places that people are from. And yet they hear the language and they know they're learnt that when they go out and they begin to speak these languages, people are hearing and people are understanding and they're asking, what does this mean? But they would never have heard it if they didn't go out from where they were. They had to leave what was comfortable and to go out into the uncertain future, out into the uncertain world. That's a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing for us to to leave where we're comfortable. But the thing is, no one would have heard the glory of God that day had they not left their space where they were and going out into the world to proclaim the message that God had given to them. 
for us. To be able to accept the Spirit of God, how it transforms us, makes us something new, means we've got to leave what is comfortable and to step out following where God is leading us. Because, you know, if we're going to follow where Jesus is going, that means sometimes we're going to have to go where we don't want to go. We've got to follow where the Spirit is going to lead us, letting that transformation take place. And the fruits of that, as we go on and read the rest of Acts chapter 2, that very day, 3,000 people came to know the Lord. 3,000 people repented because the apostles left where they were. Sometimes we got to wait when we don't want to wait. Sometimes we got to go where we don't want to go. And sometimes we got to be willing to do what we don't want to do. When I look at Peter, <laughs> Peter was a fisherman. Peter was one that was, left his nets behind to go and to follow Jesus. When I think about Peter, Peter was always one who was willing to ask questions. Peter was one who was always willing to be so bold. He would say things that made no sense and if he really thought about what he was saying so many times. I think that's why I get along with Peter the most. I can relate to him. But Peter was the one who said he would never, never deny Christ. And yet, in those final moments, Peter was the one who grabbed a sword and cut the ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave, as they were coming to arrest Jesus. And then, shortly after that, Peter did the very thing he said he would never do. But on this day, the Spirit of God comes upon him and something changes. He allows something to change within him. And as the scripture says, it says that he was standing with the eleven and he begins to testify. He begins to give witness to who Jesus was, that Jesus was the Lord and God, that Jesus himself was killed and crucified. And yet, even though they laid him in a tomb, Jesus had come back. And that this was what was happening now was what had been foretold by the prophet Joel, that the Spirit of God would be poured out and people would testify and give witness and people would come to know and believe and people would repent. I cannot imagine that this was something that Peter really had wanted to do. Standing in front of a crowd that the end result is 3,000 people coming to faith. Standing in front of a crowd that people are already mocking and saying, surely they must be filled with new wine. That may not have been what he wanted to do. But it's what God laid upon him to do. For us, there are those moments that we've got to do the things that we ourselves may not want to do. But when the Spirit of God is laid upon us, it sends us for a specific purpose, for a specific reason. There may be somebody that is just waiting for you to come along and offer the words that they need to hear in that moment, but they'll never hear it if we're not willing to go and to do it. There may be somebody that in your circle of influence that is in desperate need of just knowing that somebody cares, but they may never know it unless we step out and do that and show the love of Jesus Christ to them. There, following Christ, being Pentecostal, being transformed into something new, it's not easy. This is not an easy journey or an easy path. 
but yet it's the one that God has called us to. Sometimes we've got to wait. Sometimes we've got to go. And sometimes we've got to do the very things we don't want to do. But when the Spirit of God is poured out, we will see His glory revealed. Let us pray. Lord, on this day of Pentecost, pour your Spirit out upon us. Fill us with your presence. But as you fill us with that Spirit, Lord, it is a, a Spirit that sends us. For we cannot stay as we are. We must go as you lead. So may we fully accept that transformation, that graduation. May we turn that tassel and become those that are sent. Those that are sent out to sometimes go where we don't want to go and do what we don't want to do. And even if we've been waiting, Lord, we put all our trust in you. So pour out your spirit, Lord, and fill us. We pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.